Welcome to Razor Branding Podcast with Jackie Russo. To learn more about how to improve your brand, visit brandrusso.com. Hi, welcome to Razor Branding Podcast. So today I am honored to have Ben Powers on the show with me. And when we talk about podcasts in Acadiana, business in Acadiana, building brands in Acadiana, Ben's the man. Um, I had the pleasure of being interviewed by him on his podcast, The Tea. Gosh, I guess it was maybe two years ago. It was definitely pre-virus. So who knows when that was. Um, and so I am glad that the shoe's on the other foot today. Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. So you don't get to be a guest very often. Is this a weird experience for you? It's a little bit different. Um, I'm usually the one having to uh, contact, schedule, get the guest here, make sure my mic and all that good stuff is set up, making sure everything goes live appropriately and everybody can watch. And so not having to worry about all of that, really uh, just setting up my phone and uh, putting earphones in, it's uh, been a, you know an easier task. Right, no, you just show up. Right. Um, now, unfortunately, you know, we're remote, so you don't have a fancy green room. You didn't get to take advantage of all the snacks, um, the big crowd, you know, the usual way we would like to do a podcast. So sadly, yeah, that it's just fun. Absolutely. It would have been but this is fun version. too. This is well, fun. yeah. And I've been to your office, so I can kind of envision where you are. So that helps. Um, so talk about the developing Lafayette uh, business in general, because I want to talk about the tea in a minute, but start with developing Lafayette. Where did that idea come from and how did all that come to be? Because you've become the man in town. You seem to have a scoop on everybody all the time. Well, uh, I do appreciate that. Uh, I'd like to think that I know everything, but it's, I'll be honest, I, I, I'm winging it every single day. Um, and a lot of it is due to the following that we have. I get tons of anonymous tips. Uh, so that helps out a lot. And I do research, you know, certain documents, public documents, but to circle back and to answer your question. So the way it got started um, was really whenever I moved here in 2010, Lafayette was different and a slightly different place than it was than it is today. Uh, you know, it, we still had uh, Lafayette still had the good stuff, you know, a lot of the restaurants, a lot of the, the shopping, but a lot has changed and whenever i moved here i saw a lot of construction a lot of things happening and it was very different um, for me because i came from a small town that whenever something did get built in this small town which was very rare i'm talking like maybe something new every 10 to 20 years oh wow yeah there was hardly anything new. there was more demolition than anything um and so to see construction at a scale that it was that it was going from living in a small town moving to Lafayette it was just um it was nice to see it felt like the city was alive I guess in a weird way and so for a couple of years um I we, my wife and I she was my girlfriend at the time I met her in 20, 2010 whenever I moved here so we would drive around we'd go eat we'd go shopping and within from 2010 to 2012, there was a, a period of time where there was so many things getting built. And my curiosity was, what is that going to be? What is it? I want to know, because coming from a small town, you know, I get picked on a lot because we didn't have very many places to eat. There was a little gas station where you can get chicken tenders from and a burger. <laughs> but other than that, we didn't have um, these good local places. We didn't have the big corporate chains that cities have. So whenever we would, you know, be watching TV, we would see ads for, of course, Olive Garden, uh, Red Robin, which we've never had a Red Robin until recently, and now it's closed. Yum. Yeah. So, and it's funny, the branding issue there. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> but so moving here and seeing all that cool stuff, I, I was just really curious. I wanted to know everything that was happening. And I said, this city is big and it's established. So somebody in town is already doing this. They're already recording the, the construction. They're taking pictures of it. They're letting people know what's happening. I need to find that website. So I looked and I looked and there was nothing. I nothing. was like, there can't, this can't be this, like there has to be somebody doing it. And so I did stumble across like news articles through some of the local media, but 
The issue that I had with those news articles is that it was a lot of, for lack of better words, junk that I didn't really want to read. Um, and I have evolved a little bit since I started, but so I said, you know, I want to, I want to create a website or a Facebook page or something that, you know, since it doesn't exist, I want to, I, I think there's a peep, there's a, there's a group of people out there that probably want to know what's coming. So I, I started a Facebook page because it, cause it was free. And I said, you know, I'm gonna just take a picture of, you know, construction sites and post it. And I think the, the big moment was when my wife and I and our whole family were eating at, and I tell people this because I, I say this in a joking manner, we were eating at the fanciest Italian restaurant known to man, and that was Olive Garden. And so, <laughs> and being from a small town, look, Olive Garden was a big deal. I know it's a chain restaurant and it's looked down upon from the local hipsters or whatnot, but um, we, we loved it and we still hey, love it. You the can't bread beat salad. those breadsticks and that salad. Come on yeah, now. You can't. So, we were sitting in an, the part of the, the restaurant that was facing what is now formerly Cheddar's Cafe. Right. And that construction site was blowing and going and our whole family was kind of like, okay, what is that going to be? And my family, were not, they're not from here. So I being here for two years or about two years, I was like, you know, knowing this little area, it's going to be a car dealership. It has to be a car dealership because there's a car dealership all over the place. There's, uh, there was many. You were close. That CarMax is right next door. Yeah, I know. And you know, it's funny that, uh, that area was known as a car dealership area before I moved here. And then it's even more today. Um, so Cheddar's Cafe uh, put up a sign one day saying Cheddar's Cafe coming soon. And my wife and I were headed back from church just right down the road from Johnston. And I saw the sign. I said, I got to take a picture of the sign and I'm, I'm going to put it on this Facebook page. That was my first post because I took a picture of the Cheddar's Cafe coming soon sign, posted it. And um, yeah, and I had zero likes, zero followers. Uh, you know, the big, you know, it was, it was the best thing to share uh, something that I was curious about to nobody. Right. Uh, but eventually, um, one person started noticing it, and another person, and that person shared it to their friend, and it kind of eventually snowballed into what it is today. So, what's the most viral post you've ever had? What's the one where you were like, I cannot believe how many likes this got? Oh, the most viral post that I think to date, there's there's a couple. One that calls out to me was Ambassador Town Center, mm -hmm. um, where Costco is. Mm -hmm. the, the news that Costco was coming to town was ridiculous. Um, it I think the post today probably has, I think it's over 10,000 uh, shares uh, over its lifetime. I think maybe it's it maybe more now. And then one of the first posts that really went viral for me was when Whole Foods was announced. And I really didn't know what Whole Foods was at the time. Um, I know that tons of locals told me that it was rumored that we were getting a Whole Foods in Lafayette for years. Kind of like the rumor of P.F. Chang's, which... <laughs> well, I mean, really, every... Well, let's talk about P.F. Chang's in a minute. Okay, so we'll get there. Whole Foods is coming. Yeah. So... Um, and I got tipped off from somebody who's, uh, whose husband is really into real estate. He's a big commercial developer. So she told me that this was happening. And so news articles came out. And since I was really new and I, wasn't, I didn't have my feet wet as far as like how to research, I took that news article and I said, you know, it's posted today. They released it. I feel comfortable releasing it. And so... I, I just took little nuggets of, from that article and re reworded them to, so to not plagiarize. Right. And uh, I put it out there to the, I think I had at the time, maybe 500 followers. Within nine months, I had 900 followers. And whenever I posted Whole Foods, uh, it, just, it just blew up. I was like, what is going on? Uh, I was working at golfballs.com and a friend of mine, we went to lunch and I, I told him, I said, dude, you have to look at what's happening with my Facebook page. And all the guys knew it in the IT room, what Facebook page I had. And I didn't have a website or anything yet. But I just, I said, look, watch me refresh my page. And it would be like 
10 new likes, 20 new likes, 100 new likes within a matter of minutes. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And it's weird because nowadays Facebook is, you know, they to make money. And so that really doesn't happen anymore. Right. But in the early days, uh, a post could go viral super easy and you can get so many likes without paying for it. And watching the, the, the growth within a matter of just literally minutes. And then of course, you know, over the next couple of weeks after that, you know, Whole, Food po- Whole Foods post, um, I really knew at that point that there was something special about it. Because before that, I was, I actually thought about quitting the DLH. Really? Oh yeah, several times, several times. I was like, you know, it's just, I feel like I'm liking all of my own posts and nobody else is liking them. I was right? like, okay, I feel like this is going nowhere and I need to focus on my career. I need to focus on my job because I wasn't making money with developing Lafayette at the time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it just, it was crazy how all that kind of transpired in a short amount of time. I mean, less than a year, uh, which sounds like a long time for somebody who's starting a page and wants to kind of like get their page growing, but it just, it happened naturally, which was kind of unique. Right. So PF Changs, is that the most requested business in Lafayette or what? Uh, almost. PF Changs and Trader Joe's go okay. hand in hand. And it's, then Dave and Buster's is third? Dave and Buster's, it used to be high up on the list. Um, I think it's been knocked down a little bit. Uh, I hear less and less people talking about Dave and Buster's because we do have several really good businesses. Um, Rock and Bowl is a really cool place in downtown. And then we have Surge Entertainment, which is uh, owned in part by Drew Brees off of Pinhook and uh, Vero. So um, it's a very unique place. It's very Dave and Buster's-y. I heard it's expensive. I've never been there. Uh, I did take pictures of it, but I've never had the the pleasure of spending hundreds of dollars there. (laughs) Which you can do at Dave and Buster's as well. Oh, yeah, Um, you can. So you're the developing Lafayette guy. Do you want to confirm or dispel the rumor that Drew Brees has built a house in Youngsville? Okay. Now, look, I'm the DL guy, but that I do not know. Okay. I, I think it would be interesting to know that. That's a great – I mean, that's the first I'm hearing about it. Oh, no, no. There is quite – the uh, rumor mill that he has built a house in Youngsville because he wants to send his kids to school at the Milton School District. <laughs> it's it really, it's it's a prevalent rumor in Lafayette right now. I thought he had a house in California. He probably has he does in San Diego. Yeah, he okay. does. Um, all right, so hang on. I have to, I, before we get too far down the road, yeah. we have comments that people are making on Facebook, so I have to make sure we're paying attention. So Lauren Walker Fitz says, "Go Ben Powers." Thank you, um, Lauren. Kristen Frank says, my Sinla Peeps job on every single new construction social. Oh, hold on. My Sinla Peeps jump on every new construction post and beg for it to be an Olive Garden. So you see the difference? Lafayette looks down on Olive Garden. Alexandria and Pineville are begging for him. Yeah. I mean, so that was interesting. Uh, growing up, we would always hope that Olive Garden would go to uh, Alexandria because Alexandria was 30 minutes away from us. Right. Um, that was the big town for us. And um Lafayette was like the 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 day long trips. Like the, when we come to Lafayette, that was like an all day affair. Right, Alexandria, we could go there real quick, eat a eat a lunch, go to the mall, and come right back home. And it wasn't uh, a trip per se, but um, yeah, Alexandria, they they still want so much of what Lafayette has as far as chain restaurants. Uh, they have great local places, but uh, Alexandria is a little slower on the 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 growth chain. Right. Well, Bradley Cruz is trying to start some rumors. He said, did I just hear we're getting a P.F. Chang's downtown? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I, would, I couldn't imagine all of the backlash that would come from that. Because with, you know, with the, the fight to keep businesses local and to keep a local flair, um, I, I don't see P.F. Chang's going downtown. It no. wouldn't happen. No, I'm sure they'd end up on Ambassador. It would be Ambassador. It would probably, honestly, it would be closer to the Costco area if I right. had to say it. Right, yeah. Um, Sandra Morrow's putting in her request for Trader Joe's. Okay, okay. Um, hey, you can actually go to their website and beg them to come. I mean, if enough people do it, they're probably going to see a flag on it. Absolutely. Uh, Kristen Franks wants to know if uh, where you're from, Ben, because she wants maybe y'all are hometown friends because she's up from the Sin Law area too. So I'm originally from a small town, like I said, called Turkey Creek. Turkey Creek. Yes. There you go, uh, Kristen. 
Yeah, small town. Turkey Creek, that is a little bitty baby one. Um, so when it comes to you getting scoop, you said a lot of times people will give you some anonymous tips and you go and do research at the courthouse as well. Um, is that typically the two main ways you figure out what's going on? Is it once dirt has started turning? What's your process? So my process is a little kind of all over the place, but for the most part, if I had to narrow it down, um, I get a tip of some sort initially. Uh, I have, as you know, we have a, a pretty large following. So we have a lot of nosy people and they're okay to be called nosy because they know it. And Absolutely. I'm, I'm nosy as well. So what they'll do is they'll, they'll contact us. And if it's, if, if they, if it's uh, something that, I pick up on because I get a lot of comments throughout the week. And if this comment surfaces where I, I, I feel like it's something that I need to dig into, um, I look, I go, I take the information they give me, whether it be as rumors, as much of a rumor as possible, or if there's some legs to it that I can really dig into. I just, I do my research. I, I search all the public, public documents that I can. I even Google to death. Like sometimes a business, whether it be a chain or a local restaurant, uh, will sometimes make uh, changes to a website that Google scrapes information from. And sometimes there's nuggets that you can catch that these business owners or these corporations didn't want to be on public record, but they kind of did it themselves. And also just uh, the wealth of followers that we have, we have tons of people who are into the know as well. Uh, our architects, architects know a lot of things early on because they're the ones designing a lot of what you see. Uh, contractors, general contractors, um, even even construction companies, they are looking into um, bids and everything to get these jobs. And I've I've looked into you know bidding as well, not bidding on jobs, but looking at the bids that are out. And you know I just take any information that I can, and if it's if it's a small nugget, I, I I keep that nugget in my pocket, and I look for other little nuggets to create a little a little pile of information that hopefully will transpire into something that's more confirmed. I try to keep, I try to keep rumors off of the page. Right. Um, but every once in a while, there's a rumor that is very hard to keep uh, off of the page. Well, you always seem to be one step ahead of the rumor mill, I find, except for obviously with the Drew Brees house thing, Ben, I think you're a step behind there. I mean, well, it's not commercial. So it's, oh, there you it's go. residential. See, I'll let and, you off of that. Right. Yeah. So I try to keep residential um, involvement off of my plate because it, you're dealing with private, you know, families. You're dealing sure. with, and so there was one time that I posted a residential house. It was when Monkus Park was uh, right before Monkus Park construction started, or it might have been like right at the beginning. There was a house being built behind the South College Center. Mm -hmm. And people thought that it was a house that was going to be on the property of Monkus Park. Like, oh, this is a Monkus Park build. And they had probably the best backyard that they could ever ask for. However, it is a property line separating Monkus Park and it is a private development. So I told people, I posted a picture on Facebook and I kept it very like short and sweet. I said, look, this house that everybody thinks is for Monkus Park is a private residential property. And I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm not gonna give you any more information because I could see who who owns the house. I can sure. look up public records and see. But I didn't uh, air that because obviously it's. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure Emily on. appreciated that since that's got to be Emily Hamner's house. Um, so when you think about it, though, there's that coolie right there. So it's not even like they're on the property. I mean, they're separated by that barrier. Um, but I right. can see where from Johnson Street it would look like that house is on the the horse yeah, farm. From Johnson Street, it looked like the house yeah. like directly on the property. Yeah, I can totally see that. Um, so when it comes to tracking it down, you know, you find the little nugget and then you start tracing that thread all the way through. How um, confident do you have to be on the tips and the leads? I mean, do you look for a, a double blind confirmation source like a journalist? At what point are you like, I'm going to trust my gut. I'm going live with this. And have you ever been wrong? So I have been wrong many times. Oh. Um, however, it was it was me being wrong on the basis of a deal falling through. Oh, then you're not wrong there. I, but I was wrong enough to where it didn't happen to the public. 
I posted something that didn't come to fruition. One of those in particular that Google really hammered me on, and I don't know why Google did this, but um, when Costco was coming, it was said that Payway, which is a PF Chang sister company, right. would be coming. And I posted that, and it 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 went locally viral. Everybody wanted it because it was like, okay, if we're not going to get PF Chang, at least get this because it's close enough. And it was. I think it was supposed to go, I don't know if it was supposed to go where Red Robin was, you know, that, that center had design shifts several times, Oh right. but it was going to be near the Costco area. And ultimately the deal fell through. Um, and I posted it as if it was happening and confirmed. And I had a, a solid source on that. However, that source was also in the deal making business oh. and a deal fell through. So, um, but yeah, Google actually indexed that particular post and prioritized it. So when you searched developing Lafayette, Payway was one of the first posts you saw. <laughs> and for months after I knew that it wasn't coming, people were still sharing it. I'm like, oh, I know. It's, it's like Google's mocking you. That's what it feels like, Ben. You know what? They, they, have their, they have every right to do that, I guess. They're so huge. <laughs> right. But, you know, I, I empathize with the changes that happened. So we um, did the marketing for Chewy's in that same complex when it opened. And I know how often um, things were coming at us and changing, not for uh, the choice of Chewy's, but the development itself had to be reconfigured. And that space moved a couple different times and its orientation altered. So I think it's completely understandable. I can't imagine that people blame you when things outside of your control end up, you know, having to adjust. Yeah. I, yeah, you know, I don't think people blame me, but I feel like it's a, it's a weight that I, I carry because I put out information that no is no longer valid and it's still up there. Like you could search Paley on developing Lafayette and you, you can see the post. I don't, I right. won't take it down, but because it's old, but, um, right. so back to the first part of the question, what was yes. the first part of the question again? It was um, about, do you do a double blind? Like at what point do you feel confirmation enough? Okay, so I, I'm guessing double blind, meaning several sources are saying- You're Unrelated, yeah. Okay, um, that is a, a big part of, you know, just rumors in general. If, if enough people are saying it, if the rumor is being said in enough places, there's some truth to it. Uh, whether that is coming to fruition or not, there's usually a, uh, a deal being made. So again, a deal can fall through. But uh, I, I, I try my best to wait until a public document is released. It's very hard to do that because some construction sites, like groundwork, groundwork does not need a public permit. Oh, and I just found that out probably a year ago. For example, one instance is when I was hearing some background noise, sorry. One instance is when um, Sterling Automotive built the new car dealership off of Kali Saloon. Right. That dirt work started well beyond the permit coming through. And I was so frustrated because I had contacted and them and they wouldn't give me, they wouldn't give me the information that I was wanting, but I knew from other sources that I had that it was for sure going to be a Sterling Automotive. I'd even had I'd even gained access to renderings and plans that were not public and they were in my possession. I couldn't tell anybody where those renderings came from, but I had them. And let's just say that I was told that I should not have those. So I kept them close to the chest for a while until I absolutely felt that it was necessary to release it. And when I felt that was necessary, it was when enough of our following is demanding to know what is going on. Right. I look at it like this. Unless you're a sponsor working with us and you want to keep something quiet and you work with us to let us release it, we'll keep it quiet. But if you're not a sponsor, if you're not supporting us, our main uh, goal is to give the community the information. That's how we started. And it's hard for me to hold back. When right. that work starts, and as long as I have just a little nugget of what it's going to be, I want to release it. But I, I, I try to do my due diligence. I try to get as much confirmation on it as possible if there isn't any public documentation. But once I see something that's in writing or a plan or a rendering or any little thing, it can be a, the most simple like document. It could be a state of, uh, state of Louisiana um, 
letter of intent or there's some other documents that have like there's a name on it and if i get that a lot of times i'll say okay it's safe enough but uh, there's nothing safer than uh, seeing a public permit come through Right. But, you know, at the point that dirt work is being done, you have to imagine that the transaction of the land is complete, uh, that there's plans. If they're moving dirt, then they've got plans they're working off of. So at that point, why keep it secret? So so I, I always ask that same question. Why keep it secret? Um, a lot of times your business owners are just older um, they're, they're, they're in that frame of mind where if they keep it close to the chest as long as they can, they feel like they can have the, you know, the control over what's being said about it, what's being done. I mean, there's some, I mean, they should have the control over it, but at, at some point, the community should, and I believe deserves to know what's happening around them. Um, not because they're paying tax dollars, this is a private entity that's building this, but I feel like if it's changing the landscape around somebody's house or it's going to change the view of their backyard, I feel like they people should know. And I like to know. I'm curious about it. So in an event that a business wants to keep it close, I, I try my best to let them know that I'm on your side and I want to release this when you're ready. And you can give me any information you want. You can keep it super brief. I just want to know if it's you, what it's going to be, the address, and when it's going to be open. And if you can provide me a rendering of it that you released or in a plan or any kind of image, um, I like to show people what the construction site's going to look like once it's done. Because I think that, you know, I can take a picture of a piece of dirt. <laughs> I mean, you can't, most people can't envision what a piece of dirt property that's in, like in construction is going to look like. But when you see the rendering, you're like, oh my goodness, that's going to be so much different. And I like to show people that. Right. No, and I think people do too. Um, all right. Well, this is not exactly breaking news, but um, according to Sandra Morrow, we are one step closer to Trader Joe's because following your advice, she just went and made the request on the site. So <laughs> I think we're minutes away now, man. I think we're so close. We're minutes away. We're going to see minutes breaking away. news. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so have you, um, and again, I don't want to cross lines, but how much do you know about the Amazon thing that's happening in Karen Crow? Is that broken yet? Is that official? It's weird. Let me let me okay. explain. So before one of the local newspapers put the information out there, and the information that they put out there is still based off of assumption and belief. It was never confirmed, and they didn't like whenever I posted that the the, the Amazon thing was not confirmed because they wrote a whole piece about it and they, they got a lot of legitimate information. They did. Sure. Um, but I, with my ethic of trying to make sure something is confirmed before I put it out there to, to minimize the, the risk of something not happening. And I've already told the public about it. I hold it close to the chest. So for weeks before the newspaper put it out, I already had a lot of information. I was in contact with some people several rumors were coming through. Uh, and in fact, before any of the rumors started, I had made a call to um, Valerie Balsett and Karen Crow, who's over permitting. She's in the permitting, uh, permitting, permitting department. And we were talking about, you know, just Karen Crow and, you know, what's coming. Give me the, give me, can, give me kind of like the, the feel of what you feel is happening. And she said, at the moment, it's just residential. Tons of rooftops are coming, which is great because I live in the Karen Crow area. Sure. And to get more rooftops means there's a potential for more growth and more businesses because you have more uh, tax dollars coming in you have more people to spend money in that area. So I thought that was exciting. And I said, you know, jokingly, I said, you know, it would be so amazing if a company like Amazon would come into Karen Crow. Like there's tons of property off of I-49, large pieces of property. And if they would just see that, and think, wow, this is the best place to go because it's right off of I-49. You got mm -hmm. the I-10 area corridor right there. It's the hub. Where you call the hub city, it's I-49 and I-10. That is what defines hub city. Right. And so you have the instant ability to get on an interstate if you're a logistics company. And jokingly, we just talked about it. And, sure. And she had nothing for me. She, 
I mean, she talked as if it was nothing happening. She says, I only get plans once they've made it pretty far down and building construction is about to start. So that day, whenever we hung up, I was going through my motions of every day, kind of just digging through information. And I get a tip. I get a rumor, whatever you want to call it, saying, hey, um, someone pretty high up in a, in a company, in a financial company, said that Amazon may be looking at buying the old Evangeline Downs racetrack behind FedEx. And I'm like, I said, no. Like, dude, I literally just talked about this with the permitting officer at Karen Crow. And I said, there's no way this is happening. Like, that's too weird of a situation. But I said, you know right. what? Let me, let me start looking into it. And, of course, there's not much you can find. Um, and then I got a couple of other tips from other people with other high-profile sources that are, like, if, you, if this particular person said this, it probably has got some truth to it. And I'm not disclosing names to, for, you know, for good reasons. But Of course. So I, I said, okay. And within a couple of days, I've gotten multiple tips that conversations are happening about this Amazon deal. And so I, I, I fly drones. So right. I said, you know what? I'm going to just go and take a photo or two of the, the old racetrack property because there's talk about it. And before anything happens, let me get some photography done of that property. And I went out there and I did notice that there were um, some people clearing the ditches out in the back of the property. And these ditches are, why would you clean these ditches out on a property that's really not really being used? Right. And like they were scooping out the ditches, making sure that the water would flow and all that. And I said, it's strange that there's activity here. Mm-hmm. But it's almost not strange with the tips that I'm getting. So I said, okay. So I've gotten, I had other information that I was getting. I've talked to a couple of um, real estate people. I won't say, you know, who those are, but they, they told me that there are some, there are some good talk. There are some, there are some things happening. Nothing confirmed, they said, but there are some things happening uh, and they'll be in touch with me. And he said, but if things do happen, it looks like it could be something similar to what's happening in Baton Rouge. They're building a, uh, I think, uh, I think it's a fulfillment center in Baton Rouge, right near Bethany Church. Yep. Fulfillment center. Yep. And so he said, it could be something similar to that, but he said, it's still up in the air because we don't know if it's going to be a last mile situation or what the, what the case may be. But he said some of those centers, and this this is before the newspaper came out with it. Some of those centers are up to a million square foot. I'm like, dude, right. A million square foot. That's so huge. Like it's, it's ridiculous. And then, and so I did some research and I, I was gathering all of my information. And then, of course, the newspapers put it out there. And I'm like, okay, obviously all of the tips and rumors that I'm hearing, they're being heard everywhere else. So I didn't post anything still to this day about Amazon because I'll be honest, the property is still pending for sale. Right. And I've contacted all of the appropriate parties to find out about the property Um and they said that they're under the strictest NDA that they've ever had, pretty much. They, that's right. not per, you know, a quote from them, but that's pretty much what they said. Right. And I'm like, Amazon, dude, if you're trying to hide this, like a strict NDA is not making it <laughs> obvious. It's, like, it's being obvious. Um, so interesting enough, a couple of days ago, some people that work near that area, I think they, he may work at FedEx. I'm not sure if I got that right. But he's, he's been sending me photos of some dirt work happening there. Ooh. The land is still pending. Not okay. expected to close until the end of the year. Okay. There's dirt work happening. There's probably about 10 excavators on that property. Wow. And there's, uh, according to this particular person, there's some augers. Typically, you see these augers when building bridges. Right. And it's funny because there is a sign on the property that says Project Bridge. Ooh. What's Project Bridge? I don't know. It's very, it's being very, um, it's being very secretive. And there's like these code names. And it could be something as simple as, he, this guy, he said, and it could be something as simple as, um, maybe they're testing out a an I-49 connector uh, bridge. But I said, 
on property that's pending? No. You don't do that. No. Like that's like if I bought property for myself residentially and somebody says, you know, we just want to go ahead and, you know, try something out on this property, even though it's pending, we just want to try something out. We're gonna build a shed for somebody else here. No, right, it doesn't right. work that and way. It's, it's for demonstration purposes right. only. I so, think you um I think you need to change your tagline to on the DL. I know, right? It, it, it was on the DL or something like that a while back. Uh, I think it so, should be. It works. Okay. It really works. I'm, I'm um, to consider that. You know, we're talking about why people keep things on the down low. Mm -hmm. it, it makes sense to me in the case of Amazon because the deal's not closed yet because they don't want, if they needed, let's say they need to string together three or four different parcels to get enough land for the full million square feet. You don't want the neighbors to get wind and jack up their price accordingly. So that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. But once the deal's closed and the dirt is turning and it's happening at that point, put a sign out front or call you so that everybody knows, because you're right. We are a very curious community and we like knowing what's going on. Yeah. Especially in the event of an Amazon center. I mean, that is going to FedEx already kind of changed the landscape there and helped, you know, with, you know, tax dollars and all that, but that is going to be a monumental thing for the Cameron Crow area and Lafayette as a whole. And it's something that's so exciting and to not be able to fully, write about it confidently right because of the rumor mill and the the, the loose information that's out there um it's frustrating i want right. to put it out there i want to share the good news and right. yeah it's just it's one of those things where it's amazon you know they they can do what they want just like google really right oh, very much so you know and i think about the benefit to the community as you mentioned the tax base which is awesome i think about the benefit to people especially in this year when jobs have been scarce and those are going to be a lot of very good paying jobs which is great but then mostly i think about the benefit to me and i feel like my amazon prime today has not been coming through loud and clear like i needed to i right. see prime on there and all of a sudden it's five six seven days later i'm getting stuff well having that place right there means that we'll be able to get a lot of things same day yeah. same day delivery from amazon that's living the dream y'all same day is ridiculous even even uh as fast as um some cities uh within two hours right like that's right. ridiculous like to go what on... happens when you live that close to one of those big fulfillment centers that's how it works and this is a part of the strategy that Amazon is doing. Like they're trying to, I don't want to speak for them, but essentially trying to eliminate their third party use of logistics and take control over it. Um, they can control the speed. They can control the quality. Um, I don't know if you're on TikTok at all. You're a social media person. You, okay. Yeah. So there's tons of TikTok videos of the comparison between FedEx, UPS and Prime. So, FedEx and UPS, they walk up to your door and this, you know, we have some FedEx guys and UPS guys in the community. They are great guys. They care about their job and what they do. But the, the overall company wide um, feel of how those FedEx and UPS act is like they take your package and they just kind of throw it, throw it by your door and walk off. Well, the Amazon uh, interpretation is they come to your door, they ring the little doorbell, they take the, the photo of the package. If you have a, a plant that's fallen over, they'll pick up the plant for you. Uh, however, that's that's just that's not 100% reality. But the the care that Amazon's trying to put into their delivery is being seen throughout the country, with a few exceptions of you know some bad apples, as there always are in different industries. Right. You know, it was interesting. Um, I think it was maybe two years ago, three years ago. Um, Amazon put out the word that they wanted to uh, hire or contract with small businesses in communities all across America to do last mile delivery. And so these aren't already in existence logistical companies. These would be startups, um, uh, women owned, minority owned, vet owned companies that Amazon would partner with. Um, these individuals would hire, you know, three, four, five, ten 10 drivers and provide this last mile service from the fulfillment centers to within, you know, a 30 mile radius or whatever it is. But I thought, you know, for all the beef that um, people give Walmart for killing the mom and pop, Amazon actually seems to be doing things the opposite way. They're trying to build businesses like that. They want to be a distributor of mom and pop merchandise and made goods and keep price points high and let people choose quality. It, it feels like a very different business model. Do you see that? 
I definitely see that. I mean, of course, their their advertising is also reflecting that they they're they're touting that they have millions, maybe even billions of I think it's probably millions of small businesses who utilize the the shipping and warehouse capabilities that Amazon provides. So um, and there's a lot of people who I, I, I know use Amazon to sell and they they do well with it very well. And I think with Walmart, I think Walmart is one of those companies that killed Main Street, but now they're like, okay, we need to figure out a way to repair it. And then with Amazon being competitors, um, Walmart is like, okay, Amazon's doing it. We need to do it because once once Amazon had two day shipping, guess who got two day shipping after that? Walmart did. Exactly. Uh, and then to home delivery, I think Walmart started doing home deliveries at a certain point. I don't know if they still do that. Uh, I, I've never seen anybody do that. But um, with pickup, you know, it, there's so many different things that Walmart's trying to do. And I think even on their website, you can find locally sourced um, products or local companies selling mm -hmm. stuff on Amazon.com. I mean, at Walmart.com, but it's different. Amazon prioritizes it differently, in my opinion. Right. No, absolutely. So uh, we've covered P.F. Chang's and, and to the lesser degree, Trader Joe's and a little bit Dave and Buster's. What are some of the other businesses that you see the citizens of uh, Acadiana clamoring for on a regular basis? So um, besides Trader Joe's, I mean, there's a grocery store also called Aldi that people were looking for. Um, a lot of your Texans want H-E-B. Sure. Um, we 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 were on the cusp of getting a Bucky's. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we were so close, but um, of course, a deal fell through. Whatever the case may be, some people say that it's Louisiana's high taxes. Uh, some other people say that it was when the 2016 flood happened that the area of uh, point of interest was a flooded area and that was a no go. But um, I'm I'm leaning probably more to the the possibility that was a tax issue right um because texas doesn't have has great a great tax situation right. uh, louisiana is higher tax um everybody knows that um other businesses i mean to be honest those are the main things i think what people really want that i keep seeing is revitalization of certain parts of town and downtown is seeing a lot of that right now which i think that was that was years and years, even before I was even remotely considering anything career. I was probably 10 years old, maybe even younger, when talks of bringing downtown Lafayette back to a, a place of vibrancy. And so now the topic of conversation um, that I'm seeing the most about is Northside. How do we get Northside Lafayette to be a vibrant community? Uh, because after Walmart shut down, and a couple of businesses left the north side. It's been slowly looking like a, a wasteland, for lack of better words. Um, right. There's some great people there. There's some great businesses. And it's becoming a an area that people want to pass through as fast as possible. They get off the interstate. And to get to the south side of town, they just have to take the throughway. And they just want to pass through that part of town as fast as possible. There's nothing except for a couple of fast food restaurants and maybe I think Super One is there. Other than that, you don't really see a whole lot. And right. I feel like um, I feel like there's there could be a lot more focus on making Northside and the area around I-10 and I-49 and of course across I-10 um, look better. We we're in an interesting city designed off of the interstate. Right. And whenever you pass through Lafayette on I-10, if you don't know about Lafayette and the, the, the depth that it has off of the interstate, you look at, you look at the face value off of, off of the interstate and you're like, I, we don't, I don't know if I want to stop here. Let's look at going maybe to Baton Rouge. Right. Because Baton Rouge is a city built off the interstate and then it goes, spans out from there. Um, we, I think we need more of that type of thing. And I think that's what a lot of people are wanting. Anytime I post something about the South side, getting something, my North side followers are like, why can't we get that? And it's hard for me to tell them that it's because these private owned businesses or these corporations are trying to evaluate the risk 
And ultimately, they go where they see the most money being spent and the most money per household. You, you eliminate as much risk as possible by putting yourself in, a, in an area where there's more money. And it's, it's a sad way that it, it can happen. And there's, there's probably some history that led to how the North side kind of got to where it is, but I definitely do not want to get into that. No, definitely not. But you're right. I am seeing that with downtown's revitalization, with the university corridor getting beefed up. Um, your your uh, readers from the north side are probably thinking, we don't flood like the south side does. Come here. We're high and dry. <laughs> this is right, the place right. to go. Uh, we have advantages and benefits. Uh, that proximity to the corridor um, and to the exchange of 10 and 49 is going to be an advantage. And I'm glad people are making an effort to take uh, that opportunity and use it better because it's just sitting right there. So yeah. tell me how developing Lafayette spread to your empire, spread to include the T podcast. What was that development? How did that happen? Okay. So uh, while working at golfballs.com for the five year, five and a half years that I was there, basically developing Lafayette was started only maybe five months before I started working at golf balls. And I got to a point where all of the friends that I had made at golf balls, they were semi-invested in how developing Lafayette was doing and just the construction and communication, the, 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 the commercial growth that we were seeing, we would always talk about it. Um, I would go to the IT room and kill 40 minutes of hourly work time to talk about some new things that were coming up in Lafayette, some new restaurants and where we can plan our lunches and, you know, spend our money. And, and I would talk well, to- Wait, hold state. on, Ben. Yeah. Now I'm worried that Tom Cox is watching and he's going to dock you for back pay for not working fully. I'm sure you worked the rest of that time somewhere else, right? I mean, let's let him be confident <laughs> he was getting his money's worth out of your time. So let me tell you, Tom Cox and I are, are solid good friends. Okay, um, good. He loves- what I'm doing. He loves the page. He would always ask me in passing between restroom breaks. Uh, he would say, Hey, you know, tell me, tell me the next cool place that's coming. And I would tell him about a place cause he lived in the river ranch area at the time. And I would say, Hey, there's this cool sushi place coming not far away from river ranch. And I try to keep in mind of like where his geographical location was to make sure. Right. Cause if I told him about a place in Karen Crow, chances are he probably wouldn't go unless it was like super unique. Right. Um, but I, I worked my butt off at golf balls. Um, my supervisor would also tell you that um, I did get coached a couple of times for taking <laughs> up valuable time. Um, so I did have to limit the length of time of our conversations. Sure. So um, with that being said, the podcast came because once I went full time in 2018 doing Developing Lafayette, I, we're a very small group. It's myself, I have a sales rep, and I have a couple of business partners. I have three business partners, and everybody's working, everybody's doing their thing, and I'm by myself, essentially, kind of just sitting in an office, just like this conference room, and I was like, I don't have anybody to talk to. I can't go to the IT room and burn time right. talking, and I like to talk. It, once I warm up to somebody, I... I don't shut up. And I don't know if I'm like talking too much right now. No, you're perfect. Uh, so I said, you know what? I like to talk. I, I see that. I need to talk to people. I said, who better to talk to than the people that are actually doing things in the community and to learn about how they got started and, you know, just dig a little deeper because I've only lived here for 10 years. That is, that is baby, baby time with some of these people that have family that have been here for years and know every back street and know, know the history of Lafayette better than I do. And so I was like, you know what? I need to, I need to talk to people. So I said, I told my business partner, I said, I'm going to start a podcast. I mean, it seems to be something that is starting to kind of grow. And uh, I think it's pretty easy. I've done some research and I have a phone that I can go Facebook live. That was essentially the, the platform to start off with. Right. And I said, so I'm going to just go Facebook Live. I, I downloaded this program that will allow me to kind of control my camera, my phone with another device. And I said, OK, here we go. And I just I fired it up. I had my first guest was uh, Christine Mir. Uh, she was the owner of La Pizzeria at the time. Yep. And uh, she she came on and she brought pizza. She brought all kind of food that I I wasn't I didn't ask for, but she wanted to show off what what their company was about. And so we talked about that. We talked about 
growth. We talked about, we just, we had fun. We laughed and it was also embarrassing because um, I, I was trying to figure out how to, what type, what type of, uh, what do you call it? Stage presence that I would, I would, you know, provide. And I, I couldn't figure that out. I, it was an awkward hot mess and <laughs> I'm glad that I didn't stop because my, my drive to want to talk and to learn more was bigger than just trying to create a podcast for no reason. Um, and so I, that was in the beginning of 2018 and here it is the, the amazing year of 2020. And um, I've interviewed so many, so many people and I still have so many more to interview and to, I say interview to talk to. Um, of course, you were one of them. Uh, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Who's on your that. wish list? Who are you trying to get next? Dude, so big, big wish list. Yeah. Like, legit big wish, wish list. Uh, Shaq. Oh, yeah. Like, I want so bad to post a post on, on the Facebook page saying, how would I be able to uh, get Shaq on the podcast? So, like, tag them and say, Shaq, would you want to come on the podcast? But um, I, I'm a little bit, I'm more modest than that. I try sure. not to, like, be too, too forthcoming. Um, I would like to hopefully find somebody who has a connection with him because right. he's he's got some connections here. He's uh, he was a he was a honorary deputy of Lafayette at one point. I don't know if he still is. He just, no, he, he is. Brute, uh, Bro Bridge. Right. So it's like I I think it'd be cool to talk to him about Lafayette and why he likes this area because he does come here a pretty decent amount. So Ben, you're at an office in Karen Crow, and you mentioned to somebody that the site should become an Amazon, and it does. So I think you speak things into the universe, and they happen. So let's put it out right now. Whoever knows Shaq, put him in touch with Ben right now. Whoever knows if Drew is building a house, tell Ben right now. And anybody who wants to bring a Trader Joe's to Lafayette for Sandra Morrow, we'll make that happen. Yeah, See, we have uh, put let's it out Trader there. Trader Joe's happen, and let's uh, let's get Drew Brees and the idea of him moving to Youngsville. Uh, put out there and let's get Shaq on the podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so uh, just, I, I want to wrap up on a, uh, a high note. So before we get to that, I want to take a side moment to talk about somebody that we both knew and respected, uh, Hammy Davis. Yes. You had a chance to interact with him during your time. Um, and I read something that you wrote that I thought was a very nice tribute. Um, Y'all just engaged over projects he was working on because uh, of all of his commercial work. Yeah, so him and I spoke several times. I'm, we met in person a few times, and we talked about just the, the growth of the area. And uh, I think whenever we met initially was when the Acadiana Food Hub was, you know, in play, and um, he was managing the property that that building was, that come, that business was in. And so we, we just talked about all the different things happening. He loved the idea of the website, and I, I – I spoke to him several times after that, trying to see if uh, Scout would want to sponsor, of uh, course, the page. And um, and even though our conversations were not as long and probably in depth as other people, I still had some connection with him and in working clinic connection. And met him a few times and got to see his face and shake his hand and to to get news that the man passed away. I didn't honestly, I didn't even know anything was wrong with him. Yeah. And it was, it was, I saw a picture of him and I'm like, I, it felt weird. Like the second I saw the picture, I said, you don't see pictures like this. Like, especially someone who's older on Facebook. If you see it, chances are it's an obituary and I hate right. that. And, right. and I'm like, Oh God. Um, it's weird. It's weird because, you know, people like that are people who shake and move things here in Lafayette. And there are tons of people like that. And, uh, as as people get older, it's just a natural course of life. Yeah. No, he's, he's definitely left a void, though, um, yes. to his family and to the community. He's such a good guy. Oh, um, so I, I know I figured you had interacted with him through your business because uh, I would imagine he was the source of some of those anonymous tips over the years because he was quite the mover and shaker. And he, he made things happen around Lafayette and we're all the better for it. Yeah. All right, so I, I want to end on a high note, which is yes. always, you know, our last card. Okay. So it's the lightning round, Ben. Oh, God, here we go. And I'm, I'm guessing myself. the answer is going to be Turkey Creek. But what is your favorite place on Earth? My favorite place on Earth. Oh, my God. Um, I'll, I, I think it has to – I would say Turkey Creek. My family would lives there. But my favorite place on Earth 
has to be at a beach. Okay. I love being near water. It could be a lake. It can be, a, you know, an ocean. I just like being next to water. And uh, I choose the beach because I, I, I love the salty air. I love the sand. And it's one of my favorite places to go. I am right there with you. A uh, movie you can't turn off. A movie that I can't turn off. You're, you're going to laugh at me. Um, I, I can't turn off Joe Dirt. That's a great choice. I mean, I thought you were going to say beaches, but Joe Dirt also a good choice. <laughs> um, yeah, I quote Joe Dirt so that's often. So funny. And, and seems to fit in well with your personality. So I am not surprised. Um, TV show to binge watch. TV show to binge watch. Um, I, I love Shark Tank. Um, and I get so upset whenever they end a season without kind of pre warning me because now I'm like itching to watch it again. I love seeing, I love seeing young people and people that are even up in age creating things that change their lives. And I'm like, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you, you, you think, Oh, it'll never happen to me. But whenever you just take the risk and put yourself out there, try something, you know, whatever the financial risk is for you, it could be zero, it could be, you know, several thousand. And, and it, if it, if it changes and if it changes your life, it's one of those things that's it's so interesting to watch. And so um, if I had to binge watch anything, it's that. And then second, uh, I'm adding a second is Handmaid's Tale. For some reason, Handmaid's Tale, I can't stop watching it. It is, it's hard to watch sometimes, but uh, we're, my wife and I are excited about the new season coming up. From Joe Dirt to Handmaid's Tale, Ben, you are an interesting man. Um, favorite book? Favorite book? Uh, God, you know what? Uh, I don't. I don't have. I don't really have a favorite book. Uh, you know, dude, the Bible is always a safe answer. Yes, obviously, the Bible. Uh, I'm just saying, it's always a safe answer. Yeah. When in doubt, go with God. Yes, I. Uh, yes, let's just go with that. <laughs> I know you're a faith-filled guy, so I'm just saying that's a safe am, answer at all times. I am. I just. I, it's so funny. I. I've never read a book. Cover to cover. Really? No. I may have to. I may have to toss a few your way that I think you would like, especially business books that I think you'd get into. I'm, I'm working on a couple, but I still have in my lifetime never read a book cover to cover. All right. Well, we have to get get you to that. Other than the tea, which is one of my favorite podcasts, okay. what's your favorite podcast? Uh, How I Built This by Guy Raz. Oh yeah, that's a good one. I. It's very similar to kind of Shark Tank. Right. Um, he interviews people and business owners that. I have, I've dealt with their product and to hear about how these, these innovators created a product and the, the struggles that they went through keeping that product and that dream alive. It, it, it tells me that I just need to keep going. Uh, if I give up, I will never see what could be. And so to hear their story of them wanting to give up, but they didn't because they saw something there and they really had a passion for it. Um, right. Dude, that, that podcast, every Monday they have a new one. And uh, I'm, I'm listening to the one right now. It's the, the founder of Lush Cosmetics. Ooh. And I- My girls love those stores. My wife too. She orders online from them and she has to pre-warn me that she's <laughs> doing it. Um, but to, to hear her, and I didn't even know that it was a man who founded Lush. Ah. It's a British guy, and he and he just him and his wife and a group of uh, oh God, I'm gonna butcher the name, but basically people who focus on um, scalp uh, hair and scalp. Um, there's some ology, something triology or tri I don't know, but okay. uh, they developed uh, the first bath bomb. Not not trying to develop it, but just kind of happened to stumble upon it because they wanted to create a product that would be safe for children. And it just so happened that this product that they, they had would be okay for children to play with and that would create bubbles instead of a bubble bath, which uh -huh. according to his research said that they caught bubble baths will sometimes cause urinary tract infections in kids. Really? Now, these are probably old bubble bath recipes. Sure, but still. But but still, so he, they, his, he, and what's crazy is he is, he was actually a millionaire before Lush and then lost it all and then created Lush after the fact. So to hear how he was 
so successful and then lost it all due to a bad business that failed and then started Lush. And they have over 900 stores throughout the world. It's that it's an amazing story. And to hear, of course, he's British. So to hear him talk sounds so sophisticated. And I'm like, dude. We, um, we have a client in London and I'm just like, you just sound smarter. I don't care what you're saying. You just sound smarter. They can, they, they can say anything. It's like Aileen Bennett. She can right. say anything. And I'm like, just, just, just say stuff. You don't even right. say anything that makes sense. And it just sounds good. Right. Yep. It just sounds smart. Ben, we have reached an hour together, which has flown by. You are, yeah. as always, a font of valuable information and resources. And I appreciate you and the time you spend in keeping Lafayette up to date on what's happening around here. Thank you for developing Lafayette. And thank you for the tea. And thank you for all that you do. And I, I appreciate it. And I thank you for having me on and allowing me to hopefully provide some sort of entertaining conversation for you. Absolutely. And I encourage everyone to go subscribe to Ben's email blast and his podcast and stay up to date, follow him on Facebook and get all of the information because it'll keep you more informed about what's going on in our community. Ben, thank you for your time. Everybody watching and listening, thank you for your time. And we'll see you again next week. Right, Bye. Thank you. Day is the